Wake up, world. You are now tuned in to the Wake Up and Win podcast, and I'm your host, Devon Pouncey, here at the PacWest Studio in downtown Portland, which is the home of 1029 and 750 The Game, which is also the home of the Justin and Devon radio show, 9 a.m. to noon, Monday through Friday. Got to cross-promote always. Um, but anywho, I got Alex Moore in here with me today. What's up, Alex? What's up, Devon? Man, I'm glad to have you. So for those of you who don't know, Alex Moore is the producer of the Justin and Devon show. Uh, Rodney isn't in this week. Rodney's usually in with us. But uh, it's his birthday. His birthday was a couple days ago. His birthday was Happy fifth. birthday, Rodney. Yeah, yeah, right. Happy belated to Rodney. So he's out in California doing Lord knows what. But he's out there. <laughs> Hopefully having fun. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I think he's having a lot of fun. So Rodney is out. But uh, yeah, like I said, we got Alex Moore, producer extraordinaire at the Justin and Devon show in with us today, which is pretty dope. Um, but be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Just search Wake Up and Win with Devon Pouncey. Um, for people who may not have iTunes access, probably not many, um, you can subscribe on SoundCloud as well. Search Wake Up and Win with Devon Pouncey. So uh, we're going to just jump straight into it today, Alex. Uh, we got a couple things lined up, but I want to start with this Players Tribune uh, that came out by Isaiah Thomas. Yeah. Um, Isaiah Thomas finally spoke out since being traded uh, by the Boston Celtics to the Cleveland Cavaliers and playing with Kyrie Irving over there. But it was a lot more that interest. Obviously, we've talked about the trade here on the podcast and what we think about it from a basketball perspective but i think that it was a lot deeper than people may think that may have just only looked at it from a basketball perspective and i think isaiah thomas really dug in on this player's tribune article basically speaking on his feelings about you know leaving the city and uh he mentioned his phone call with danny ainge yeah and uh that was pretty interesting and then he broke it all the way down to his family to his love for the city of Boston, to the fans, to kind of the mixed emotions that he had. Also being able to go play with the best basketball player in the world and LeBron James. But he has so many mixed emotions about it, and I kind of want to dig into it. But Alex, first, I want to know what are your thoughts? Because uh, you've read this article. You were oh, actually yeah. the one who recommended it to I me. I was texting you last night. Yeah. I was like, this this is right up your alley. It's right up both of our alleys. It's the kind of thing that we're both in interested in sports is kind of the reason why we've gotten into sports is for stuff like this and man first thing i'm reading it and i've just you know you saw a lot of hype on twitter a lot of hype on social media about it people were saying i saw someone say this is the best players tribune article that's been written yeah and you know you got to buy into that a little bit so all right and isaiah thomas is this kind of guy who you know he's he's short. He's small. You know he he's got he's small. always got he's got this chip against the 60th pick in the NBA draft. Right. He's got all this stuff going against him. So you, I I want to know what he has to say about this. He's For been sure. traded a lot in his career. Right. Um. He he's a player who hasn't really necessarily been valued at what how good of a basketball player he is. So Facts. I start reading it and I'm thinking, man, with all the stuff that's said in the media today, sports media especially from athletes and all of it is fake all of it is like this scripted stuff that they're told to say and Isaiah is really in this article breaking down how he actually feels about all the stuff that happened to him and it's raw emotion like the the stuff with the Danny Ainge phone call where he's saying you know 
he can't he, he can't almost can't say anything to Danny Ainge because he can't believe what happens because all Danny Ainge does is say I traded you right essentially yeah. after talking about their families with each other that's yeah. crazy just yeah. oh I traded you nothing else yeah and to be truthful that is all there needs to be said but it's still it's it, it's crazy to hear that it's that emotionless yeah and then and then it just goes on from there there's a ton going on there but just later on he's talking about game one of the playoffs after his after his sister had died in the car accident and he his reason for playing was oh I just want to get away from it escape from it all but then he walks out on the court before game one and he sees all the signs and everyone's just showing him so much love and he realizes that it's not to be on the court and get away from it He's doing it for the city of Boston because yeah, they have all, shown and, him so much love. Yeah, and they were all in it with him as well. So yeah. that that was pretty dope. But you mentioned even about athletes and, you know, kind of being real scripted when it comes to what they say in the yeah. media and not really giving their raw self to the media. And one thing I will say, I do think that's changed a lot. For sure. I think it's it's gotten a lot better. Um, it's a lot of improvement. We do see athletes come out on the Players' Tribune. This is definitely one of my favorites. I remember the one Deion Waiters came out with. Um, that was a pretty good one as well. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of good ones. Bronson Koenig, he came out with one um, when talking about, you know, the NBA draft and things of that sort. For those of you who may not know him, he was a huge activist uh, during No Dapple. He was a huge uh uh, Native American activist. He played for Wisconsin University, yeah. and he had a pretty good one. But even even outside of that, you're starting to see just with the political climate today, one thing that I like is that players are a little bit more open with what it is that they say. And I think they've got a little bit more of an opportunity now to be able to say whatever it is, what they want to say, because you do have outlets like the Players' Tribune. And quite frankly, the gap is it's still a big gap between you know people who run things and these athletes obviously because you see with what Isaiah Thomas going through he legit was like this is a business like this is a flat out business move like I gave my all to this city he talked about his older son who was excited because he knows his dad gets to go play with LeBron James but his younger son is like sad because he started to enjoy Boston became home to him so you got to deal with kids involved and it's really a business because just like that Danny Ainge calls him and tells him oh I traded you to the Cavs for Kyrie, and that was just pretty much it of that conversation. Yep. And, and I mean, you know, he kind of told him about how special he was, but Isaiah didn't really want to hear it. But even with that being said, it's just interesting that players now are a little bit more outspoken, and I think it's a lot because of the exposure of how at least this country works, not even just in in the case of athletics, but all ends of politics and just all aspects of life, really. Yeah, it's it's funny to see hear him talking of the the kid that you mentioned, the younger son. He's talking about how he doesn't think there's any skate parks in Cleveland, and so that's yeah. the reason he didn't want to go. But just you know, but that's like so innocent, and that's that kind yeah. of brings it back down a little bit. The fact of the matter is, like, he has to move his family. Yeah, and, and I mean that's really what it is. And this and that's something that I kind of want to get into too. Is like. We talk so much about athletes like betraying fan bases with Kevin Durant and moves like that. Right. But, and Isaiah Thomas hits on this in the article. He says, but we never talk about it the other way. No. Where it's, where it's the, the owner betrays the athlete. Right. Give, after, and that was so much of the, what like LeBron even responded to after Isaiah had been traded. And he said, 
oh, you know, this he put his heart out on the floor. He went on the court after his sister died, and you're going to burn his jersey or do stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, crazy. Know? And he came out and responded to that. It's like, why don't why don't we ever talk about the other side of this where where owners are the ones who are betraying athletes. And yeah, we we def- and we're getting ready to talk about that right now because I remember when and I still have some bias when it comes to legacies. I know we're used to seeing guys stick to one team. Obviously in Jordan's prime when he was doing what he did throughout his career, we know him for what he did with um, the Chicago Bulls. Obviously, later on in his career, he became a Washington Wizard, but that really doesn't matter when it comes to the career that Michael Jordan had. Myself, I'm a fan favorite of Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant was a Laker his entire career. You see most of these guys in their earlier days, Larry Bird was a Celtic, Magic was a Laker, Kareem was a Laker. You usually see guys stick with one organization And I think because at the time, that was really all they knew. And I'm not even going to necessarily say that that was all that they knew, that they knew, but it was kind of tradition. It was kind of the way things go. You know what I mean? I'm sure they knew that it was a business during their era and during their time too, but it just wasn't during the same time period. And the climate was different in the case of being a competitor or being an athlete or being an outspoken athlete. And it's interesting to see now, I think LeBron James played pretty much the biggest role in it. Um, I think the Celtics had something to do with it, but theirs was through trade. But when LeBron made the announcement that he was leaving Cleveland to go to Miami, I think that's what really kicked this thing off where you started seeing guys say, you know what, F it, I'm about to go make a decision yeah. to play where I want to play. And LeBron made a decision to play where he wanted to play because we all know his issues with ownership over in Cleveland, and they're trying to mend him again. They tried to mend him on the comeback, and he was able to bring a championship to his home city. But quite frankly, I think LeBron's gone after this year. It seems that way. You know what I mean? I think he's gone after this year. And, you know, even in cases, I, I got friends who are in the league and who – um who have been traded, and they they keep an optimistic outlook yeah. on when they do get traded, but at the same time, it's like it affects them and everybody around them. It might sometimes being traded is a better move for you as an athlete, but it still has an effect on you, your family, the people that may live with you, the people that you know are around you, what you've set up. You may have bought a house in this city, and now all of a sudden you got to sell the house. Like it's so much extra baggage that comes with that, and I think a lot of people fail to realize that. So when you do make a decision like Kevin Durant made or LeBron James once made or you see somebody like Kyrie demanding a trade, because he wants out of where he is, you just should not get mad about it. I know sometimes it may hinder your outlook on somebody's legacy, but you should never be able to look at or look down on a player for making a decision that he wanted to make for his family or for his own, you know, self, for himself, really, himself, his family, anything that has to do with him. So, I, yeah, I agree with you 100%. It's like business is business. So you got to be able to look at this from a business perspective as a player, but you can't look down on these players when they decide to do what it is that they want to do. I'm still bitter about Kevin Durant going to the Warriors. So. Yeah, I'm sure you are. I'm sure you are. <laughs> I but just I'm can't not... get over it. I'm trying. Yeah. I'm trying, Devon. Yeah, you're a I'm Blazer fan. Hard. You're a Blazer fan, for one. And, and, and I'm sure you are. I mean, 
he made a crazy move. <laughs> I, and that's why I said it may hinder his legacy ultimately. It yeah. won't take the fact that away that he's a champion now. But it may hinder his legacy ultimately when yeah. we get to talking about who's the greatest of all time. And, you know, little petty discussions that we like to have about oh, these athletes. I love petty discussions. I do, too. You know <laughs> what I mean? I do, too. So it's definitely something that'll be used against him in those kind of discussions and in those kind of arguments. Sure. But at the same time, when you think about it from a deeper level, like Isaiah Thomas mentioned here, yeah. where, I mean, the dude played for this city and his sister passed away. The dude came here. They, he also mentioned in here how they were expected to be a rebuilding team. They ended up being the number one seed in the Eastern Conference, making it to the conference finals. And he is no doubt about it that he was the guy on that team. And he led that team above and beyond. He exceeded all expectations of that team during his time there. So it's like you see it. You, and then, like you said, like you said, it's so innocent. You look at the younger son. He's worried about skate parks, and, yeah, that's so innocent, but that's really affecting his kids. Going to school, now his kids got to go to a whole different school in a whole different place mm -hmm. and try to fit in again. And quite frankly, I think it's much harder for him, for his kids to probably fit in and, at these schools because they are Isaiah Thomas's kids. Yeah, You know what I mean? Some people may look at it as them being super lucky, but you also got to look at it from the perspective of their dad is a star. Mm -hmm. And so people may tug at them every which kind of way some good some bad some in between people may tug at these kids every kind of way just because of who they are and they absolutely have no choice in being Isaiah Thomas's sons yeah so it's just it's a lot that goes into it so it's deep man and like I said I understand business is business but you can't be mad when these athletes decide to make business decisions for themselves sure one of my favorite parts of the article was uh the text that Tom Brady sent Isaiah Thomas. Yeah. And it was yeah. interesting to hear him like react to what happened and what it says is, is what's up IT heard the, heard about the news. You good? And Isaiah Thomas sends back, I'm all right. I mean, it's crazy. It's a cold game. And Tom Brady says, "Yes it is. Best of luck. You're going to do great. Keep in touch." Just like a little very simple message, but it shows kind of like that Boston, you know, like connection. that local connection. It's yeah. like Isaiah, and then Isaiah Thomas's reaction to that text is really interesting. It's like, he was only there for a couple of seasons. Right. And to know that he made that kind of impact, that Tom Brady wouldn't text someone who didn't, who's only there for a couple of seasons usually, like, that's not the normal thing for Tom Brady to do. You right. Know, the best quarterback great, ever. Like, ever, he's a great, yeah. he's a Legit. great in Boston. And he's sending the, him a text, and, like, that means a lot yeah. for someone like Brady to reach out to Isaiah. And that should show Isaiah the kind of impact that he had on the city. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, I think that's that's very true because he came in so fast and he's the little guy and he literally, I'm telling you, he exceeded so many expectations. For sure. And don't get me wrong, and, and one thing I also like that he said, being oh, the competitor that he is, say, yeah. yeah, being <laughs> the competitor that he is, is that Boston didn't get any better by trading him for Kyrie. Yeah. I respected that. I probably respected the business, the uh, the part of him kind of defending Kevin Durant the most because I get it. I've gotten to see it firsthand. I've gotten to see it with people that I know personally, and you know, people that I interact with personally on a day to day basis. So I've seen it from the other side, where like, dang, a guy gets traded and it just affects everybody around him, and and so that was what I respected the most because I could kind of you know relate in that aspect. But I also really, really respected the fact that he said Boston did not get any better 
by trading him for Kyrie Irving. And I think that that has a lot to do with him being able to come to Boston initially and even exceed those expectations because he always had that mentality, regardless of my size, I'm I'm a little beast out here. Exactly, like I'm yeah. a real beast. So I, I really like that side of it. So like I said, I just think it was a real dope article. I like how um how transparent he was For in sure. the article. You know, I like I like the fact that he was willing to kind of Take a shot at Danny Ainge. Even take a shot at Kyrie, in my opinion. And take a shot at everybody else. Maybe even you, Alex. Me? That 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 doesn't like what it was that Kevin Durant did. <laughs> yeah, I just got to get over it. It's yeah. going to take me a while. I, I'm sure it is going to take you a while, but it's just still the reality. I understand. Like, you got you to be able to look at it from a different perspective because it's real. And that's why I respect even what LeBron James does. For sure. LeBron James is so challenging to... Maybe people who have a little bit more power than he does. Yeah. But he's not doing it for his own self-worth or his own good. Part of it, yeah, is for his own good. But really it's for the culture and the people that he grew up with and around that may be lesser than him. That's why he's willing to attack uh, Dan Gilbert, you know, when he does whatever he does as the owner in Cleveland. That's why he's willing to get at a legend like Phil Jackson when Phil Jackson talks about his crew being – a posse and things of that sort. That's why he's willing to defend Steph Curry um, saying that there shouldn't even be a salary cap in the NBA mm-hmm. because you see how much more money has been made for the Golden State Warriors since the rise of Steph Curry. Obviously, Steph Curry isn't the only player on that Warriors team to help that you know, that rise for that organization, but he definitely is the face of it, and he's definitely the guy over there. So I respect LeBron and his movement to kind of push culture forward, to kind of push um, athletes into becoming a little bit more powerful than they may be because we see with this Isaiah Thomas trade that you can, yeah, you can talk about all the millions that these guys have and it's almost like shut up and be quiet because you're getting paid a lot of money. But it's so much bigger than that. Like I said, it's yeah. families involved. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's, 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 it's your own personal feelings really get involved. You think Isaiah Thomas cared, thought about money when he got traded? No. Like the last, didn't he didn't even it. mention yeah. m- anything about money in this article. Oh, for sure, no reason. And, and, to. and a lot of people try to throw that out. Oh, the Celtics didn't want to pay him. He didn't mention one thing about the Celtics paying him in this article. Nope. Everything he mentioned had to do with his own personal life. You know what I mean? With his own family, with yeah. his sister passing away, with his connection to the city, with Tom Brady reaching out to him. Mm-hmm. He never mentioned one thing about money because people try to shut down. Um, how these players feel and how these athletes should respond or react to situations by saying how much money they get. And that's absolutely wrong. And that's why I respect uh, what LeBron does and how open he is in trying to defend players and kind of advance players. And I respect how open Isaiah Thomas was in this article. Yeah, he also he ended the article in a really strong way as well when he's talking about you know, a, f- a family in Boston in, in a couple years, 10, 15 years from now. And yeah. the son's asking the father, you know, how did you become a fan? And the father's saying that he saw Isaiah Thomas, Thomas play. Yeah. And like, and it's, it's awesome for him to take kind of what could be extremely bitter feelings and turn that around into a positive where he understands the impact that he's had on the city of Boston. Right. And he's okay with not being able to be the big star like a Tom Brady or like right. a Paul Pierce. He's okay with that. Right. But knowing that, yeah, he's going to have impacted some people's lives because 
you know, there's a whole bunch of Boston Celtics fans that are, you know, watched Isaiah Thomas playing, got yeah. to experience him taking them to the Eastern Conference Finals. So right. it's it's awesome for him to, you know, have take positives yeah. out of the whole experience. Because because it's so like I said, it's so much bigger than dollars and cents. Yeah. Like that impact, that's a legacy. Now now we're talking legacies. We're yeah. not talking about how many millions or this guy gets a guaranteed contract or we're not talking about exactly. none of that. Now we're talking legacy, something that's gonna live on forever. Because because now that future father will be able to raise his kid up as a Celtic fan and so on and so forth. That's how legacies are built. So you gotta respect you got to respect Isaiah for being able to come out and, like I said, be so transparent in that article. But next I want to talk about uh, this Michael Bennett situation. Uh, some of you may or may not know it actually just really all came out yesterday in Michael Bennett's statement. But he went out to Las Vegas for the Mayweather versus McGregor fight. Michael Bennett is the defensive lineman for the Seattle Seahawks, by the way. I know everybody doesn't know who Michael Bennett is. You should, though, because he's definitely – Somebody who has a stance, uh, especially he's been probably the biggest supporter of uh, Colin Kaepernick. Yeah, I think of he all, has been. yeah, of all athletes, him and maybe uh, I think it's Brandon. Was it Brandon Marshall who used to, he played with Denver and he like lost his endorsements, but he was also college okay. teammates yeah. with Colin Kaepernick. And that he more so he, he was more so in the news when it first started happening. Mm. But like since then. Uh, I would say Michael Bennett, of all athletes, has probably been the biggest supporter of Colin Kaepernick. And basically, he was out there. He was in Vegas, went to a nightclub, I believe. And it was a shooting. He ran just like everybody else. He got caught up by the police. Police stopped him, brought him down to the ground. He claims that guns were drawn on him. They told him they'd blow his head off. We don't know how true that is because the police officer didn't have his body camera on. Yeah. Which makes things a whole lot more suspicious and makes me believe Michael Bennett a whole lot more. Although we don't know. <laughs> but I, but it's like as a as an African American man, it's hard for me not to believe Michael Bennett because I know how I feel when it comes to police and being able to trust police. And, you know, I, I I definitely side and relate more with a guy like him. Now, I didn't go through anything of the extreme that Michael Bennett went through, but it's hard not to believe Michael Bennett when I know what it's like being a black man and having an encounter with the police. But not only that, the police officer didn't have his body camera on. For what? Ridiculous. Like, why is that? Why don't you have your body yeah. camera? Like, how sketch is that? There is there's video of other police officers during that when everything's going down. It's kind of crazy. They're all running in and they have their body cams on. Right. And there's video of police officers with their body cameras on. The Las Vegas police have started to investigate the situation. There's um they're looking into 127 videos of what happened in at that night. So, and not one of them is the main police officer who makes the arrest body cam. Exactly. Of course. And also, new news, um, the Las Vegas Police Department is now telling, because Roger Goodell, yeah. the commissioner of the NFL, came out with a statement in support and in defense of Michael Bennett, but the Las Vegas Police Department is now, they put out a statement asking Roger Goodell to look into 
Michael Bennett's situation and see if he's lying or not. And of that course makes, they're going to try. That makes no sense. Yeah, of me, course the they're going to try to cover their own ass and try yeah. to defend themselves in this situation. So they're going to say, at least look into it. That's the least they could do. They got It's just like when these officers kill brothers and get paid leave. <laughs> like they're going to yeah. cover their own ass. You know what I mean? They're exactly. still going to give a police officer paid leave who just killed a guy. But that's. I mean, it's not even a different story because it's all has to do with the same situation. But, yeah, it was just interesting. And and I was talking with Justin, uh, you know, Justin, Justin Myers, the, Justin Myers, the, the other Justin, host of the Justin, and the Justin and Devon show. There you go. I was talking with Justin and we were talking, obviously, on the air. He yeah. mentioned about the body cam like, yeah, the officers don't forget to put their bullets in the gun. Yeah. You know what I mean? They don't forget that part, but you forget to turn your body cam on. But even aside from that. A lot of people are trying to argue that it wasn't an act of racism. And I say that with air quotes because the police officer was Hispanic. And so Justin asked me and he he was like, I don't want to sound ignorant or, or anything. But he, and me and Justin have that kind of relationship. We're open about like it's not yeah. I don't take it personal. I of mean, he, I'm black. He's white. We don't we're, we know we're not racist. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Like yeah. we we work together every day so yeah. we can ask questions. If maybe if I'm black, I may not be under be able to understand some of him, his perspectives and vice versa. Sure. And so he asked me, he said, um, does it make a difference because the police officer was Hispanic? Yeah. And I told him, I said, no, it doesn't. And I know that's an easy go-to for a lot of people, especially who maybe defend police officers. Sure. But the problem isn't because the police officer was Hispanic. It's more of a systemic issue of Michael okay, Bennett yeah. being a, a black man and being treated that way by the police. Mm -hmm. Doesn't matter what color you are. I also told him, I'm like, where I come from, there's black police. And, it's, and I'm not saying any of this to even be bashful of the police. Sure. I just understand how... African American feel when it comes to African Americans feel when it comes to having encounters with the police. Mm. But even with that being said, it was like there's a black I'm like there's black police everywhere that get looked down upon probably more so than white police just because they're black and they're a police officers. Yeah. And other African American men who kind of have this fear of the police look at you like you join their force, and it's unfortunate that it's that way, but yeah. it's just a reality. If you go into a lot of inner cities or if you ask a lot of African-American men what their outlook is on the police, it's probably not that good. Mm -hmm. And and so I don't think it's really a race thing. I think it's more of a systemic thing. And even going into what Michael Bennett believes and what Colin Kaepernick stood up for, Colin Kaepernick stood up for systemic issues, for equality. It's not all black and white. And that's what a lot of people have to kind of get out of their head is that everything is black and white. Yeah, and interesting. I was just reading into what you were saying about the uh, NFL or the Las Vegas police asking the NFL to investigate. And I'm reading here that they say uh, the LVPD notes Bennett's flag protests as if that counts as evidence against his character. Oh, wow. So they're using his flag protest to say wow. that maybe he was exaggerating in this situation. Oh, wow. But, you know, I'm so sick and tired of this exaggerating argument. Like, you put yourself in Michael Bennett's shoes, and I know that's extremely difficult for anyone who's white or anyone who hasn't ever experienced any kind of you know, wrongdoings from the police or any kind of any kind of experience from the police in general. Right. And he has he says he has a gun pointed to his head. There is a, there is a picture where it 
pretty clear that there is either a gun or, or a taser, taser pointed right? at his head. Right. And the police officer is saying, I'm going to effing blow your head off, is what Michael Bennett says. And how is he supposed to know when he's face down in the pavement? Exactly. It's not like he could turn around and look. He probably, whether it was a gun or a taser, yeah. he felt it. You know what I mean? But it's not like he could turn around and look because his head probably yeah. would have been blown off and had put, he tried. Put yourself in that situation. Whether or not he's exaggerating is, I, I think that's almost irrelevant. The situation, you are fearing for your life. Yeah. I would fear for my life right. in that situation a hundred percent. I'm not black. Yeah. And I, I don't know what that, I don't know what that would feel like to be Michael Bennett, who is innocent in this situation. Right. Running away because he's scared. Right. Right. I mean, let's think about <laughs> yeah, that yeah, for a second for, too. Right, he's running right. away from gunshots yeah. and a police officer stops him. Now, if Michael Bennett is white, does the same thing happen to him? I think is is the question there. So right. I'm not exactly sure what would happen, you know, if if you you switch shoes in there. And I think that's kind of the question we should be asking. Yeah, for sure. And I I agree with that a hundred percent. And yeah, it's just it's just really interesting, man. Because like I said, people will find any which way to try to downplay what happened to Michael Bennett or what even happens to African American, and for them to say to look into it because of him protesting and being a support that's crazy <laughs> like that's reason enough for him to lie about this that's or exaggerate crazy. about this it's, it's insane <laughs> that the, i don't know they're just it's, that's like extreme trying to cover themselves there like man extremely. that's crazy that's crazy so yeah like i said I, I i definitely support i've and many people that listen to this podcast already know how much we do support Colin Kaepernick and people like Michael Bennett and people who are willing to take a stance. And that doesn't mean we don't support people who don't take a stance. We, 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 we're not like that at all because we want to, because everybody's not going to move at the same pace and at the same alarming rate that maybe some people think. So that doesn't mean you just leave them behind. Yeah, you can keep going, but you don't have to downplay them in the process while you do keep going. You just keep working and, you know, They'll catch on eventually. Hopefully they'll catch on eventually. But ultimately, we do have a lot of respect on this podcast for people and players who take a stance. And Michael Bennett has definitely been one of those guys uh, who takes those stances. Matter of fact, I think he actually has a book coming out. Now, this is a little bit more black and white. But I think the <laughs> book I think the book is called um, Things That Make White People Uncomfortable. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's going to be dancing. Yeah, that's going to be a pretty interesting one. But I, I believe that's what the book is called. If I'm not mistaken, he's coming out with it. He's working on it with um, Dave Zirin. Oh, the yeah. Nation. Yeah. Dave Zirin, Edge of Sports. Um, Dave Zirin is somebody who I read into a lot, who's also one of the only people that I think Colin Kaepernick was even willing to talk to. Yeah. Uh, in the media when it came when it came to, uh, you know, the, his protesting and things of that sort. Um, but, yeah, it's called Things That Make White People Feel Uncomfortable. Yeah, it's supposed and, to be funny, too. That's awesome. And, yeah, and so so it's it's interesting. And it was a quote that Zyron wrote in an article um, about Michael Bennett, basically saying stand with – the article is called Stand With Michael Bennett Even If It's Uncomfortable. And one example that he used, and, I, and I'm going to read it, he said, when you grow as a child, it's so intense. Your body is knocking your own teeth out, uh, knocking your own teeth out of your mouth so stronger. Better teeth can grow in. Oh, OK. So your body is knocking your own teeth out of your mouth so stronger, better teeth can go can grow in. 
When your bones are growing when you're 12, 13 years old, it can feel so uncomfortable. You can't sleep at night. If we feel uncomfortable, then we are doing something right. That's th- that discomfort is just a period of transition. Trust me, you will feel blessed if you see through it and make it to the other side. And that was pretty interesting because it's true. Like when you're younger, your own body does knock your teeth out. You know yeah. what I mean? Like you lose your teeth to grow stronger teeth if what you usually have is your adult teeth maybe you need braces or maybe you just need to floss or brush your teeth from time to time yeah that's that's another subject for another day but a dentist. but right <laughs> but that was a solid example yeah of making that transition of going through something that's uncomfortable but when you do make it to the other side how much more it'll pay off when you do have good firm strong teeth in your mouth you know what i mean or when your bones are finished growing and you turn into a good full strong grown human being and so that was pretty interesting that he was able to kind of bring it together and put it that way but like I said, I'm definitely supporting Michael Bennett, and one of the biggest reasons that I'm supporting Michael Bennett, even without knowing all the full logistics of how things went down, is the fact that that police officer did not have his body camera on. To me, that is a red flag. That's an automatic red flag. And quite frankly, I think he should be fired for that. Yeah, I mean, it's ridiculous that in a situation where they, the police officer is called upon, right, that he would be, and I'm assuming that he was the only one who didn't have his body cam on. I would hope that they yeah, all well, had their body cams I, I, on. Yeah, yeah. Because I've seen video of their yeah. of them marching in, or you know, and they and there is body cam footage that's available. And out of the 120 whatever you know videos that the police are investigating, you would assume a majority of those are body cams. But one more interesting thing about Michael Bennett's book, I just looked this up, is uh, his nickname is Black Santa. Yeah. (laughs) You've seen Michael Bennett. Look up Michael Bennett right now if you don't. That's an amazing nickname for him. (laughs) But Dave Zirin tweeted that the book's going to be Black Santa's thoughts about, in his words, the NFL, racism, sexism, intersectionality, and athletes being no longer silenced. Yeah. that's, that's, That's incredible, and especially in this kind of era where so many people are telling athletes or people involved in sports media or just anyone involved with sports, stick to sports. That's yeah. the thing that everyone says is stick to sports. And Michael Bennett's refusing to stick to sports. Yep. And he is making himself known. And a lot of a lot of his like protests and when he's been involved with Colin Kaepernick and stuff like that is he's come out and said, you know, imagine if Aaron Rodgers said this or imagine if Tom Brady said this. Like he wants to get everyone involved. This right. isn't just about him or, or just about black or white yeah. it's about getting everyone involved to realize that injustice is happening all around us and we Facts. all need to get involved to get it done so that's one of the one of the great parts about Black Santa's message. That's facts. That's <laughs> facts. So, Alex, I want to thank you for coming on and joining Anytime, me on the podcast man. today. Wake yeah, up we, and win. Hello. Hello. <laughs> We're going to have to get you back on of here. Of course. Uh, Alex definitely is somebody who helps out a lot. Obviously, he produces the radio show. I try. Does a fine job <laughs> of doing that. Thank like you. I said, if you all don't listen to the radio show, maybe you should. Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to noon, Justin and Devon. Um, yeah, we, 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 we hit it hard every day. We have a fun day. time. We have a fun time. Have a fun yeah, time. we hit it hard every day and we work hard too. So, you know, and I know, like I say, I tell y'all all the time, I know y'all love to hear my voice. <laughs> I know you do. And I know sometimes once a week just isn't enough. Well, we got a solution for that. And that's to go listen to the Justin and Devon radio show. You can stream it online at 1029thegame.com. Um, live stream it. You, if you're in the Portland market, you can listen to it on 102.9 FM or 750 AM. 
And uh, yeah, but st- still be sure to listen to this podcast as well, though. Like I said earlier, we're on iTunes. We got merch coming soon as well. So still be on the lookout for that because it's in the works right now as we speak. And uh, like I said, Alex, one more time, I want to thank you for coming on and joining. Good discussion. Yeah, for sure. Good discussion, good dialogue, and we'll keep it coming and stay consistent. And uh, I'll leave y'all the only way that I know how to, and that is to stay woke and go in.